Everybody, welcome to a non-canon file for us. All you can hear. <laughs> <laughs> I had it. I had it, but then I forgot. Um, Did you trip down the stairs? Kind of. Oh, uh, this is. Hey, uh, he's nervous. This is his first time. It is my first time. Um, so if, if you can't tell, we're going to be talking about Jujutsu Kaisen season two, but we're only going to be talking about the first arc of the show which is only five episodes it's hidden inventory slash premature death um it's gonna be episodes 25 through 29 oh i forgot that's how that works crazy that you couldn't just do that off the top of your head Next question. Did you want to? Did you want to do this, Tanner? Did you want to do this? <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just like you just didn't know that information. Tanner, I will. I will let you. I'll have you know. I am so fucking tired right now, and nervous too. <laughs> well, well, we learned a lot of information before oh. we started recording, too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, this, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do basically uh we're gonna talk about uh what ha- not exactly what happens in every episode but basically basic synopsis of every episode our thoughts and um you know what uh what we liked about it maybe somebody didn't like something about it I don't know um but that's how we're gonna talk about it and what it means for Jujutsu Kaisen as a whole and uh, how it'll play into the rest of season two and um just yeah. I, I do want to say before we get started, obviously, there's going to be spoilers for these yeah, first five yeah. episodes. Yeah. Um, just these. Just yeah, these. Just, just these. We're not going to be getting season, in. Probably. Yeah, and last, last season, season and episode, zero. or, and yeah, the movie, Zero. Yeah, and Zero. We will not be getting into manga spoilers. We will not be getting into Shibuya spoilers. Nothing. It's just going to be from here back in Jujutsu Kaisen canon. I might so, spoil Vinland Saga. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I can't say anything else. Every other show on the table, we could spoil. Y'all watch that new One Piece? <laughs> is that really a spoiler? Can you really spoil One Piece? Well, that's the yeah. thing. Is like, can you well, like? Do you think there was somebody watching the anime that didn't know about Gear Five? There's no way. I know there's definitely yes. There actually was. Uh, there has yes. I mean, if they're not on the internet, then sure. Because I. I knew about Gear 5. Yeah, but yeah. you're chronically online like us. Yeah, but I mean, I too, like, that. also, you're on I your phone say, all the damn time, millennial, not millennial, Gen Z. Okay, fuck you. You're on your phone all the damn time. I got other shit to do. Both you kids are always on those damn phones. Y'all eat hot chip. Y'all lie. 
you on your phone. That's true. Um, I would say cult lies more. No. Yes. No. Yes. 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 You little fucking faker. <laughs> wow, coming in hot. But yeah, I feel like you can't be spoiled for One Piece. At this I point. don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. Honestly, I mean, you can. I mean, shut up. Ninety-nine for anything. Ninety-nine point nine percent of people, you know what you're getting with One Piece. You can always. I, mean, be I don't know. I feel like I feel like you can be spoiled for everything else. It's just that Gear Five was such a like. Literally, the day that Gear Five happened everywhere on everything exploded to where i could not avoid it no matter what i did i literally saw it everywhere whether it yeah. be from like from twitter from instagram youtube everywhere because because there's you know so many one piece fans and there's just no way to avoid it yeah it really is like um i can't believe the social media where i follow a bunch of fucking nerds and cultivated a, a specific timeline is full of people talking about this stupid you nerd just shit. said that you people can't be spoiled for it and you now you said that i said people can be spoiled you've been saying people can't no i've been people can be spoiled people can always be spoiled for everything yeah colt's been saying they ca they can be spoiled what? No, he hasn't. Yes, yes I he has. Have. I've always said that. Not just here, but <laughs> all the time. Well, no, yeah, because well, no, we just talked about how Colt literally Colt said that somebody you said that anybody couldn't be spoiled for Gear Five, and Colt was like, "Well, no, one person wasn't, or some shit." Yeah, I know someone that wasn't spoiled for it. Well, I'm saying anybody can be, and it doesn't matter. No. No, okay, hold on. We're on the same side yeah, here. Yeah, you, you and Colt are on the same page. I am the one with the dissenting opinion here. You and Colt are saying the same thing. Y'all are just saying it differently. Yeah. Winslow, you are saying people can't be spoiled for One Piece. Hold on. No, I said... Yes, No, I said everybody can be spoiled for Gear 5, but for other stuff, I don't think everybody can can be because... Nothing was as big as Gear 5. Yeah, that okay. Colt is agreeing with you with what he is saying. <laughs> Let's get into Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I got lost. <laughs> what do you mean you got lost? You're the one that you we could have stopped lost. this. You could have stopped this. If you knew. I'm going to shove a grenade up your ass. Oh my god. How, oh, speaking of Jujutsu Kaisen real quick. Why is the Fortnite event only two weeks? Okay, that's all I wanted to say. We can continue. That's how they did it with the Star Wars event. They like to do it right at the end of the season because it also boosts, uh, gives you like level up stuff at the end. Yeah, it's done so that like for people who are wanting to get to the battle pass, they have an extra avenue, basically. Yeah. Oh my okay. god, there's a fly. I'm hoping I just have enough uh, <laughs> V-Bucks yeah. for my never-ending... Fortnite crew subscription pass. To it's just, the next big crypto. I mean, just... you probably will also too if you have the battle pass, which you probably do since you have the crew subscription. Yeah. I mean, you can get V bucks from that too. Yeah, it's only a thousand, but the other characters are like not cheap. I probably have. I'm trying to think when was the last thing I bought in Fortnite. Probably Naruto. No, Goku was. Uh, after Naruto, 
Okay, then it was the Dragon Ball stuff. I haven't bought anything in Fortnite since Dragon Ball stuff, I don't think. That's fucked up. No, you bought I... some Resident Evil stuff. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did, but I didn't use all of them because um, I had like 9,000 at that point. So I probably have 10 or 11,000. Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. That's <laughs> over $100 worth of V-Bucks. Yeah, I know. I actually yeah. just got charged for Fortnite crew uh, <laughs> yesterday. Got Jesus it. Christ. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so if anybody doesn't know, Jujutsu Kaisen is in Fortnite. It's Gojo, Yuji, Megumi, Nabara. and Nabara. And, and Purple Hollow. Hollow Purple. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Nui. Nui. I'm, I'm, um, the dog. I'm actually surprised they added like more than just the skins. Well, yeah, I, I am too. I thought it would just be uh, like a normal skin drop thing. Yeah, no, yeah. whenever... Uh, so, f f the leaks, uh, if anybody knows, it was just Gojo, Megumi, and Nobara, but then the uh, the promotional stuff started leaking, which had Yuji in it, and that's when everybody was like, oh shit, it's gonna be an event because Yuji isn't part of the, like, the skin drop. He'll be part of the event. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah. And apparently, Hollow Purple is overpowered already. You've seen people complain about it, but... That's the point. All the yeah. anime abilities are overpowered. Yeah, I know. Like even yeah, like Kamehameha when they added it was like super overpowered. Yeah, and Detroit, Detroit Smash, Smash just was destroyed everything. Yeah, giant shockwaves. I, Naruto didn't really have an overpowered ability, right? Nah, he just had that kunai and it. That's kunai. Ass. Yeah. A anyway, anyway, let's talk about. <clears throat> we got to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen. So the first one yeah. is a uh, hidden inventory. Uh, that's the name of this uh arc. And uh, I guess uh, to give you kind of a brief brief synopsis of this episode, basically it starts off, um, and you can also hear this too in our uh, summer anime episode as well, but you're going to have to get through like 10 other anime to get to this part. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, the Jujutsu yeah. Kaisen stuff is <laughs> in the middle. Because I don't think we decided we were going to do this until like after... Before we had started doing stuff for the anime episode. So yes, yes, we have a little bit of talk here, a little bit of talk there. It, I mean, it's practice. I'm not going to say it's, we're going to go a little bit more in depth here with it, but it's still not going to be like play by play, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So for this rips first episode, we get, uh, we start off with, uh, May May and Udihime. They are both characters from season one. We're introduced to May May is a, uh, just a regular, um, well, not regular. She's a sorcerer that's hired by, um, Jujutsu, the Jujutsu uh, society or the Jujutsu uh, schools. But currently right now she is a, uh, um, she is a grade one sorcerer and, uh, Udahime is a second grade sorcerer. She's like 18, 19 years old in this. So um, she's definitely either a fourth year or right out of the um, the school. So they're going to investigate <coughs> um, a house that's haunted. And this is where we get like a really new like style too of animation where mm -hmm. it's like a VHS style um, recording. Beautiful. It's it's really beautiful, yeah, super pretty. Um, but like all, already right off the bat, this entire sequence of them being in this house is really gorgeous. It's uh, it's really just Mappa kind of getting getting you ready for like basically showing like, hey, um, there was a lot of work put into this, and we're gonna start it, and we've you can see that from this from here. Yeah, they're pretty much saying, hey, look how much money Jujutsu Kaisen Zero made us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh. And then, uh, you know, they, they get trapped in the house. 
Gojo, Ghetto, and Shoko Iri, they save them. Currently, Gojo, Ghetto, and Shoko are second years, so they're all anywhere from 16 to 17 years old. Um, this is, you know, Satoru, Satoru Gojo, Suguru Ghetto, and Shoko uh, Iri. Um, if nobody remembers Shoko Iri, she is the doctor for the school. Yeah, um, smoker. Yeah, and she smokes. Um, mm-hmm. She even smokes as a teen, too. So Yeah, which so she's cool. Well, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, that's when you know that yeah. she's cool. Yeah, true, true. Not um, saying you should smoke, but if you are a teen that smokes. You're awesome. And keep up the good work. Can I say that? While you're saying uh, that? So I'm going to say that Colt, Colt is basically telling all teenagers to smoke. We can confirm that. Without hesitation right now. It's good um, for you. The doctor said that it was good. Isn't it crazy? This is a totally tangent. I just have to say it real quick. Isn't it fucking wild that we as a society unanimously agreed that cigarettes were actively healthy for you till the 60s? Yeah, it is. I, that's why. Like, what about the idea of, oh, this... <laughs> dirt looking stuff and the smoke in my lungs is actually good for me i can't believe well you know it's tough because humans and society is stupid yeah they were just so fucking stupid back then they just didn't know what pain was they were just like i got a weird feeling okay but also too they were so fucking stressed back then there was nothing they wanted to do about it (laughs) they could have smoked some of that za well that's the thing is uh god Colt Tanner, what have you opened? Uh, One love. You'll probably find a lot of stuff about it too, about like you know the tobacco industry and about. Yeah, I've seen the first episode of Mad Men. Yeah, the yeah, mar- yeah, you know weed and marijuana too, because like they probably, I mean, they more than likely should have just smoked za, but they couldn't because they had you know criminalized and demonized um, marijuana. Yeah, but um, and big tobacco helped push agendas such as marijuana was an addictive substance that would get you hooked on other harder drugs like crack. Yeah. 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 I mean, for, I mean like actually really, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not even a bit. Um, yeah. So that, that's a side <laughs> not even talking about. I know. That's nothing to do with Jujutsu Kaisen. Listen, anyway. listen, everybody knows if you're coming to an episode of the All You Can Hear podcast, yes, we're going to hit it at the topic at hand, but sometimes we have our little tangents. We're just some silly, goofy guys. Sometimes we have to talk about big tobacco demonizing marijuana for the last 75 years and how recently, really, in just the last six or seven years, that. Marijuana has actively become like the one bipartisan issue that majority of Democrats and Republicans and other people on the political spectrum actively agree on should be legalized. But it's big tobacco keeping marijuana out of your pockets. Also, nobody should be arrested for marijuana. That's bullshit. We're running for president. (laughs) <laughs> the three of us collectively are running collectively. Do you think we could do that? I get the military. No, well I get the military. I called it. If you combine all of our ages, we are younger than the last two presidents. So I think but that's we're old big... enough. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. We'd be old enough to run for president because none of us are 35 yet, but we are younger than the last two. So I mean, I mean really though, why can't three brains be president rather than just one? You know? I mean, why can't we share? 
Yeah. Why can't we can we share like, oh, I'm the legislative president. Oh, I'm the executive president. Oh, I'm the judicial president. Yeah, and why I'm the be... tank president? Why does that have to be one man? I know, you know, they'll say, oh no, we have Congress, you know, the Yeah, Senate. we have Congress and the Supreme Court and the oh, Vice man. President. Everybody knows the last vice president to do anything was Dick Cheney, and he shot somebody. That was his thing he did in office. <laughs> to be fair, that's pretty badass. <laughs> okay, calm okay, down, calm down. Calm down, Cole. Nice. You need to be careful. You were saying some crazy stuff today. <laughs> hey, the guy that got shot in the face apologized for Dick Cheney shooting him in the face. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and, like, I mean, look at the last vice president. They were like, you know, it's okay that people that voted for me wanted to hang me. At the end of my term. We chill. We chill. And, and that's why he only has 2% of the current vote in the national polls. Nobody's going to vote for him. Mike Pence, you're a fucking loser. Just drop out of the race. Gojo 2024. <laughs> Gojo is going to run as a Republican. Yo, oh, I'm God, no. <laughs> no, he would not be Republican. Gojo would definitely be Democrat. Especially oh, no. no Gojo He's libertarian. No, Gojo would be fucking... Like the hardcore, nope. the most left-leaning, like yeah. socialist of all time. Yeah, he, because yeah, especially with what he says in like season one about how he hates the conservatives and the higher ups. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is anti. He is anti. Uh, capitalism. Yeah. He is anti-establishment. He thinks fuck the rules. He thinks the future lies with the youth. He wants to kill all old people which would probably be problematic <laughs> that, actually, <laughs> that actually is bad <laughs> well actually gojo, you, go, go, gojo already exists and uh he's kind of based on someone named b sanders <laughs> <laughs> i'd say gojo's a little suicidal more, i would say gojo's a little more left-leaning than bernie sanders but you're you're Wait, that's are, impossible since no. bernie's so left Nah, but not not true left. Gojo is true left. Gojo's like. so left that he's far right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this just gave me a fucking brain blast idea. Like we already have an episode where we where Jojo and Pat, I think they're the only two on the episode, does like the Veggie Tales political nope, rankings. That was everyone. Were y'all on it too? Yeah, yeah, we were oh, on wow, it. I didn't know that. Um, we should totally do an episode where we do Jujutsu Kaisen characters. We still got to do it with the Overwatch characters. Yeah, but we wasn't ranking political spectrum. We were morality. We can now. Yeah, it's morality. Yeah, now. Yeah, sure. Which it's, I mean, you probably could because yeah, it's because, pretty easy. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen. What it would pretty much be Nazi centrist Gojo. And everybody would fall into one of those three categories. <laughs> I thought you yeah. were saying a single category. So, Nazi centrist Gojo. Yeah. No, <laughs> no it's, uh, yeah, those are the three ranges. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's literally the only three political affiliations you could have in Jujutsu Kaisen. God. Okay. Okay. We need back to, to the back show. <laughs> we need to get back to the episode. There's so. a fly in my room and I'm trying to kill it. Oh, my Keep God. Going. If you hear any claps, that's me. Okay. Uh, well, blowing its back out. Okay. What do we? Uh, I was just going to ask. What do we think of the intro? Um, because we do get the intro, the new intro. Uh, what do we think about it? It's pretty good. Yeah, I love the OP. I love the um the opening shot being a direct parallel to the first OP's opening shot with like UG on the train. Um. Yeah. At, le at least I feel like that's what they're going for. Um. 
Andy yeah. crying. Yeah, I mean. Oh man, I was gonna save that for the fucking. It, yeah, but it's kind of hard to talk about the OP without mentioning that. Yeah, but I mean, we don't really have any confirmation until the very last episode that he was yeah, crying. But he was crying. Go He's a little punk man. bitch. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah. Nazi centrist Gojo. Um, but th- no, I really liked it. It grew on me. So I wasn't like totally in love with the song, weirdly enough, after the first oh. episode. But after seeing it the second time, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a banger. And then I just never skipped it. I'm actually kind of sad that they're only using it for five episodes. Maybe you should do that with more music. But, Are you saying Tanner like, should do that with more music? What, yes. what music oh, would you oh. suggest? I don't, nothing comes to mind immediately, but you probably should do that with more music. Okay. Do it with a fair share of music. beef with Tanner right now. I don't. I don't know what to say. Um, and it's yeah. rare. Yeah, so this song is Tetsu- Tetsuya's Tatsuya's Kitana's What's going on? I said that right actually. Uh <laughs> where our blue is, uh Aono Sumika. Um and actually too the lyrics have to do with uh because I believe there's a music video going to come out for this or it's already out, right? With I uh, don't know. I believe it's centered around gojo like the actual song is about gojo um so yeah i think i read that the, the I, I don't know if there's an actual music video out but i do believe i think i read that the song is about specifically gojo and ghetto's relationship which is really what the whole op is about like the opening animation and the ending animation is about yeah just two guys having fun um but also, I want to mention, so I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's essentially, I want to, it may be called First Take or something, and Winslow, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. It's where they get the artists of some of these, like, uh, OPs and, like, essentially put them in this white room and do, like, a one take of the song. Yo, yes, I know exactly You remember because about. the yeah. people that did the Odd Taxi theme did one. Oh, um, I've never seen this. I see them before. on TikTok all the time. Yeah, well, like, anyways, there's one for this song that is Chef's Kiss. It is so good. Um, hi, I'll I'll try to remember to link it in the description of the episode because it's so freaking good. Man, okay. Um, yeah, no, the the OP is awesome. It's uh, it's beautifully animated and uh, it really gets you kind of going emotionally for like what to expect with uh when we see like. Um, Gojo, Ghetto, and everybody who, uh, for the most part, we know from the season one, like them in their younger days, like especially youth, springtime, and everything. It's just, it's really gorgeous, and it really, um, really hits that that uh, emotional note. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and but, it really uh, came out during the perfect time too, because like Wenzel said, it definitely does have like the spring summer vibes kind of yeah, down. Spring summer. Um, or, also, yeah. two thousand six which is probably the least confrontational time in the history of this planet. <laughs> um, uh, everybody was just chilling yeah. on their Motorola razors. I know I yeah. was. Um, little little do they know, in 2007, Michael's Bay Transformers would come out. How old yeah. were they again at this time frame? They were 16 uh, or 17. The, so yeah, how old would they be today? If They're 28 they in it. current day. Not well, in okay, like no, their no, no. timeline, but like if oh, they were... Okay, oh, they were alive here. Yeah, in our timeline. So in 2018, in 2018, they're they're 28. So yeah, they'd be 33. 33. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they'd be Pat's age. Oh, we can def get them on the pod. They would be Pat's age. 
Um, either break. I hate to break it to you, Colt, but these people aren't real. I think they'd go on Joe Rogan. Okay. Uh, anyway. Gojo or Ghetto or both? Both of them. It'd be a wild episode. They both do like Salvia. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, that happens. Uh, we get some, we get a brief kind of, we get to see after this, uh, they get, they, all three of them get scolded. Well, Gojo gets disciplined by, uh, Masamichi Yaga, who in season one, he's the principal of the school, but at the moment he is a first grade sorcerer. With a fade. With a fade, actually. That's not a bit. <laughs> uh, and a second-year teacher. And uh, at this point, he's he's like 35, 36 years old. Um, yeah, so we get we get him. And um, we get like some kind of funny kind of uh, interactions between all three of them. Uh, it's, but uh, then it kind of devolves into Gojo and Ghetto playing basketball. But they're both kind of talking about their conflicting... Uh, values uh which is like really um shows you how different gojo and ghetto both are before season one before episode uh jujutsu kaisen zero yeah before the racism kicks in um yeah uh they're very they're vastly different in this scenario in this uh at this point in time ghetto is very much for defending the weak protecting them the strong have you know responsibilities of protecting non-sorcerers or weaker sorcerers and helping people while gojo thinks that not necessarily the strong should only help the strong and um shouldn't really worry about the issues or problems of the weak or non-sorcerers um yeah so it's It's vastly different and it's not like gojo 2 is like has an active disdain for the weak, but Gojo's mindset very much is survival of the fittest. Yeah, he's not necessarily evil or, or you know, like that. It's more like he's just, he, it's just kind of a weird gray of like not wanting to deal with yeah. the weak or their issue or the issues of that. And definitely like, yeah. Survival it, of the fittest. It kind of reminds me because two, we have to remember they're like sixteen here. It kind of reminds me of like imagine like your star athlete at, in like high school. They typically don't really care for like the ninety nine percent of the rest of the people in the school. They're they're really there for that one percent. It's this is kind of like that. Like it's not like you know your star athlete's going to be like. Man, I wish everybody else in the school would die because that would be problematic. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like God, dude, like they're all losers. Like I don't owe them nothing. I'm so much better than all of them. That's kind of like the mindset to me of what Gojo is in. Yeah, it's like if the star quarterback was really into eugenics. Jesus Christ, I would not. I not I necessarily like super incorrect. Not, not super incorrect. <laughs> it's just that definitely Gojo. You know, like uh, he, you know, he's definitely not like thinking about like you know killing or you know. He just, just... like don't bang if uh, you have something wrong with you. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I don't even just... know if it's that. It's just like you know that he just he just doesn't care. Yeah, basically. he just doesn't like weak people. He just mm, yeah, and he sounds doesn't... bad. Well, I, I don't mean... like people with beards and long hair. 
Oh my god. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I really don't like people with beards. Kangaroo court. Hair. Kangaroo court. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we get that. Um, we get a so, but then we get uh, Yaga interrupting their kind of argument with um, him telling them about their mission. And that's kind of ba the basis for the the whole inv uh, the whole arc is um, they have to go and escort and protect the star plasma vessel, uh, Rika Amanai, who um, did you did you smack the fly? I got it. <laughs> I thought I just hear a very soft. Ugh, yeah, but in what world do you kill a fly and moan? Because his guts went all over my hands. <laughs> But I mean, I figured it was out of disgust. But if we had no context, we I would have thought you just like busted your pants. Yeah, no, because it literally sounded like, Ugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was scared for a second. I'm like, oh, Colts on a different Google Doc. I'm Ahsoka, <laughs> Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. Um, yeah, that's so... a different podcast for a different day. So yeah, um, they have to do that because uh, Amanai has to assimilate into uh, Master Tengen. Master Tengen was somebody who was talked about in season one, who is the uh, the foundation for all of the Jujutsu society in Japan. Um, they are the one who creates the barriers and um, uh, all of the fake buildings and um, in. All, both of the um the jujitsu schools so part of the barrier is that there's a ton of buildings outside of jujitsu tech and all those buildings while they are real and you can go in them but they're all there kind of as a facade and to kind of trick uh p uh any spirits or any evil sorcerers when they come in and then especially the same goes for trying to get to master tengen because their barrier technique is so powerful but at the same time are uh they also have well, their technique also is immortality, but part of the Im immortality is that they they're constantly evolving, and eventually they will evolve to a point of um, no no return to where they have no free will or anything. So that's why they need uh, a vessel to um, to basically uh, help re uh, stabilize their technique so that's why they need to get this person gojo uh directly references digimon which is really fun yeah um, when talking about this and um we get them uh ghetto and gojo again they do their funny walk uh they're on their way to go and uh and to get amanai but they're ambushed by q um q and on yeah, so the, which is why they have to protect her because Q is an organization that um, wants uh, their curse or user organization who wish to overturn current Jujutsu society by having Tengen lose it. And there's another group called the Star or no, the Time Vessel Association, and they they want uh, Tengen to basically um, evolve as well, but they also don't like Tengen. Um, fusing with what they believe to be an impurity so uh they will do any means to make sure that this person is uh the plasma vessel is killed but uh they're they're ambushed by q uh ghetto's in the building has to go and save amanai and gojo's outside uh ambushed by bear who throws a bunch of knives but the knives don't reach him and uh basically both uh, respective students uh, threaten their combatants because they are both the strongest. 
So what does I have a question because I can't really remember with the star plasma vessel when they go to Tingen, do they just like get possessed by Tingen and they are essentially dead? Yeah, so that's pretty much what happens. So they they very much use the phrases erasure, assimilation, because Tengen's information, uh, soul, and DNA overwrite the vessels. So that's why Tengen has been around for as long as they are, because it's Tengen taking over the body of another person. Um, okay. Because and... they're... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask about... So this is a vessel for Ting, and what about Gojo? Is he considered a vessel? Because they called him a vessel uh, for Sukuna. He's good enough for Sukuna. No, when that... They, when they say that. What you're talking about is... So, the like, Tingen needing a vessel and Sukuna using, like, Yuji as a vessel? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That practically the same thing, but two very different outcomes. Uh, yeah, because, uh, oh god, I'm trying to think. So, the star plasma vessel is something that is always going to happen. That's kind of kind of jumping ahead, but this is explained and or it's hinted at in episode. 29 where there will always be a star plasma vessel that arrives that is a perf that is a perfect vessel it now that isn't really explained too much it's just that the star plasma vessel um they they appear and when they appear they basically have to be taken care of and insured until a certain age to where they can assimilate um that will always happen now if you're talking about sakuna uh the curse the cursed god um that's different because that was just Yuji became the vessel. He as it, currently in the story, it was it was just by happenstance. Basically, Yuji ate the finger. He turned out to be the perfect vessel for Sukuna. That happened. Yeah, um, because the, like I mean, they say it in the first season. Like Yuji had a very real chance of dying after eating just one finger of Sukuna. Yeah, that's why yeah. nobody. That's why nobody eats it. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, nobody ever did it. <laughs> so, yeah, and I remember. I know stuff. I just remembered other stuff. Wenzel's eaten a finger of Sakuna. I have. He has. And I've survived. I know uh, who your parents are. Yeah. Don't say anything. No, no um, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Gojo's not a vessel. Gojo is Gojo. Um, uh, now. That is something do we do find interesting later about the six eyes that he has. But anyway, yeah. And at the very end, end of the episode as well, I should mention that we get introduced to none other than Toji Fushigoro. Um, yeah, because basically uh, we get they don't say his name. I don't know if they ever say his name, but there's a character. His name is Shui Kong. He asks if Toji wants to take play, take part in the assassination of the Star Plasma Vessel. He calls him Zenin. But uh, Toji says that he doesn't go by that. He takes his wife's name, which is Fushigoro. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, so like, what do you, what, uh, oh gosh, we probably talked about this in, in the last, the anime episode. But I mean, like, what, what do we, was everybody, anybody have any questions, anything? I think um, it's a great introduction. Um, 
it, it gets you hyped for the season. I mean, obviously, too, we're coming from the point of view. We know what's happening. You know, yeah. like we've all yeah. have read the manga. Um, but it still got me hype. I was still a weekly watcher, like from this point onward. And I just can't believe that they were able to grab the essence of Toji's sluttiness and that tight, tight shirt in moving visual media. Yeah. Yeah. Now should mention when we first see Toji right here, he is wearing baggy clothes. He is still hot. So. Yeah. And he's a, still a dickhead. Yeah, it's very fun. I didn't realize we didn't know how old Toji's Toji was. I just always assumed he was like in his mid thirties and that's probably the case, but yeah, I just always assumed we knew it because we know his birthday, like Gage has given us their date of birth. We just don't know the year. Yeah. I bet he's like late twenties. No, he might he might be early thirties. He's probably thirties because Megumi is seven. Yeah, yeah. He, Megumi, he just he just laid seven. down that pipe at like twenty. Don't know. I mean, he could have, but well, now, I, I do know that's a point of contention too because in the dub, which none of us watched, but apparently the voice actor for him in the dub is younger. Oh, like oh, wow. and he Maybe has a younger well. sounding voice. Now I, it's so funny because I heard the the dub for him. It sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, he sounds awful. It just doesn't make sense because in the like in the sub, it, I mean, it sounds like a kind of like this villainous sort of dude, and then the dub just really doesn't grab that at all. But it's interesting because Gato's dub voice sounds like it'd be more suited for Toji, and then Toji's voice sounds like it'd be more suited for. Ghetto. Ghetto. Yeah, mm. you're right. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. No. We um. Yeah. We have no idea who his age is, and I. And it's so weird. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about Toji, and uh, we actually, you actually don't learn a lot of stuff unless you read the physical editions of the manga with the special like little pages between with Gege Akatami talking yeah. about him. So I'll, I'll tell you some stuff too. This isn't spoilers because this is stuff that's said uh, in the same area of the manga um, to kind of better explain like him as a character, because he's very fascinating in my opinion. But um, yeah, so he he's our villain basically for this arc as well uh shui kong who i mentioned he's actually the business mediator for toji um fushu toji and um he basically sets up contracts and stuff like that for him and uh, he's actually the one who sets up uh who uh sets up stuff for ghetto later in the story um but yeah yep, yep. yep all right ready to move on to episode 26 let's do it yep uh, yeah all right um so in this episode, uh, Gojo and Geto both save Amanai and Kuroi, who we get introduced to Amanai's uh, maid, caretaker, and only family, uh, Masato Kuroi, who's who's 31. I didn't realize she's only 31. Um, but yeah. Um, so they save her from the queue. Uh, it's pretty funny because Gojo kicks their strongest warrior's ass, and... Uh, Q subsequently disband after this, so they're literally they never pop up again after this, which is funny. Um, they uh, they accompany her to her school so that she may attend school um, one last time. Because uh, from the point uh, they accept accept the mission, it's two days until her assimilation, so they have like a, a window for her to do stuff. 
Uh, Aminai, again, she wants to go to school one last time to see all of her friends and have a normal school day. And um, uh, so, yeah, so they're with her. Uh, they get ambushed again um, because Toji had set up a bounty with the money he had gotten paid from the Time Vessel Association, which is 30 million yen. So we have two basically cursed like bounty hunters who attack the school. Um, one of them is an old man with a uh, Shikigami, with Shikigami, and then the other is a guy who can clone himself who has a bag over his head. And uh, the guy with the Shikigami attacks Ghetto. Uh, Ghetto wipes the floor with him, so much so that this old man his life flashes before his eyes. He sees his dog. It's really fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, They're just which, like, uh, I mean, like, not even one of the five most important fights of this five episode arc. Yeah, because it's just a quick, like, just bam, 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 bam. I mean, go, Ghetto beats his ass, which is supposed to show that Ghetto doesn't solely rely on his curses. He also is good at close quarters. Um, as well um and then uh gojo has to deal with the clone man this is where we get um kind of a kind of a more in-depth explanation of gojo's technique and uh what it does basically and this is where it gets interesting because basically his technique is based off of uh achilles and the tortoise also known as the achilles paradox and uh it's it's a it's a paradox that was made by um, Zeno, the Greek philosopher. I, I could be wrong. Let me let me fact check that real quick. I also just want to mention Gojo also got jumped by all the school kids and the teacher uh, slipped him her number. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, which, you know, if OK, so like that was really fucking funny, too, because Gojo ate up the um the attention. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the teacher was like, it's hard to meet people while I work at school. And you have to also think to or you have to remember too, like the age over in Japan is different. So it's like, OK fine whatever but that's still i think it was meant for humor i don't think there was any weird anything weird with it i mean yeah anyway it's the greek philosopher xeno yes i was right uh basically the uh paradox posits that it's a race between achilles and the tortoise uh but it's but the whole point of it is if the two start moving at the same moment, but if the tortoise is initially given a head start and continues to move ahead and Achilles can run at any speed, it will never catch up with it, which I thought was interesting. I was like, what the fuck? Um, which is basically a good way to explain um, Gojo's technique of his infinity and bringing it into reality and using it to create his limitless barrier that he uses to protect himself. Um, where anytime you, the closer you get, the slower you go to him, so you can never reach him. Um, if you think about it, like on a number line, it's like you have the numbers zero and one, and uh, Gojo is zero and you're one, but in between you and Gojo is an infinite series of numbers, and so you can never reach him. But um, yeah, and then also too, like it talks about mathematics. Now this can be used to explain mathematics, and his technique is able to create like impossible situations of like negative one apple it's pretty like wild yeah um (laughs) but this is also where we get to see his uh, other ability which is a curse technique amplification blue which is he can 
um, pull objects towards him or to a certain point. And that's what he does with these two bag men. He pulls them towards each other, which is like pretty brutal because like when they slam into each other, they die because yeah. <laughs> he pulled them so hard. And uh, and he and he uses and he tries to use red, but uh, he, he he can't use it because it's a reverse curse technique. So it's uh, we know later he can use it, but right now he he can't. And um, but he punches the shit out of the guy. And uh, yeah. at, the, at the very end, we see Roy get kidnapped. Also, should mention there is a sequence where Toji is talking about um why he set up this bounty. Um, uh, it's because he wants to wear down Gojo because he's also the first person in a thousand years to be born with the six eyes and the limitless technique. Um, and so as long as he is around the star plasma vessel, he can't, he can't touch, he can't touch the star plasma vessel. And even Kong, his mediator says, even you can't. And, uh, Toji doesn't never says anything, but it's pretty much implied. Like, yeah, he can't he can't do anything about it unless he um does some prep. This is basically yep. him prepping. Um, yeah. So he's a cheap bitch. Yeah, kind of. Um, and I, I think I said it. Kuroi has been kidnapped at the very yep. end. So yeah. Uh, what do we think about this episode? It Again, was good. I was like, as someone that's read the manga, I was waiting for the next episode. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I want the next episode. Yeah. I I was in the camp because it has been a while since I've read this part. So like, I, I know your basic beats here, but like, I forgot about like some of the just random stuff. So I enjoyed seeing that again. It's so funny to me though. Like thinking that like, Oh yeah. Like, and Gojo are considered the two strongest, you know, they're special grade sorcerers. I find that really funny. And then you have like, Gato really I mean he's mastered his technique but like we haven't seen the full extent of it and then Gojo has really only mastered like two two of his techniques maybe yeah um, and it's just interesting they're like yeah but if, when these guys learn how to cook uh, they're going to be a problem um so I, I really enjoyed that and I and I do love like the kind of because even in the first season and even in zero you kind of don't get a full-on explanation of gojo's techniques you pretty much just get blue pool red push and that's kind of it like you don't get any of like the like you mentioned um the uh achilles what is it called achilles paradox yeah yeah the achilles paradox we don't really get any explanation of why his techniques are what they are so i, I enjoyed that yeah no uh yeah same that's i was i was excited for this episode um but like colt said i you know, we're all waiting for that third episode because we all know that's when shit really does pop off. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is a really good intermediary episode to the big shit happens. Um, yeah. And and in the season one, we only get literally Gojo just says that his technique brings um, infinity into reality. Basically, yeah. that's that's what his technique does. And like for people that can be kind of confusing and for this it can definitely still be confusing but if you have if you have that knowledge which uh, akutami presents to you it's like okay it makes a little more sense now and if you're a math head you probably it probably makes even more sense to you um because i was trying to read about achilles paradox and its practicality and how it's applied to mathematics and i don't fucking get it so um (laughs) to like I mean, they even explain this a little bit in season one, kind of like if you use the 
there are ways to get around it. Um, the Achilles paradox, like, you know, what's all between zero and one? Oh, it's infinite, but also at the same time, it, it could be nothing. Like, that's what part of the paradox is implying. Um, so it's just interesting. It's really interesting. Like, and it's also funny because this is like the most basic fucking innate technique to even talk about in Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's pretty. Gojo's is honestly probably like the most basic, like, it... in the whole series. No, you're not wrong. Uh, but it is interesting too, Akitama using this, uh, using this basically to explain his um, technique. I think it's funny though because there was something I saw. There was like a little snippet in the manga, like in the physical edition, where uh, Akutame and their like their like agent or editor was talking about the Achilles paradox and like. Uh, there was like something about no it was like a little bit of math talk and akutame realized they got something wrong which i thought was funny i i can't remember where it was but i i i do remember seeing it and i was like huh okay that's a little fun but uh it doesn't matter but um yeah and uh, uh fun fact to Kuroi, the uh the maid who takes care of Amanai. Uh, I was looking up stuff about her and uh one of her favorite hobbies is a uh, Mario Kart yeah just like me because whenever she was taking care of Amanai, uh Amanai would want to play mario kart so she would play it with her and she got really good and really enjoys playing it let's see which mario kart would have been the latest double dash yeah i'm thinking double dash would have been double dash was oh three and then we didn't come out 2007 mario, mario kart, kart ds came out in 05 Oh, yeah, they could have been. No, nah, so, I feel like Double Dash or TV. DS, but either way, two excellent Mario Karts. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So I thought that was a little fun. That was a little fun bit. Um, that is fun. You guys ready for the third episode? All yeah. Right. Yeah. So next episode is episode 27, Hidden Inventory 3. Should oh, mention. Hold on, Wenzel. I want to say Mario Kart Arcade GP also came out in 2005. They could have went to the arcade and played Mario Kart. That makes sense. It is uh, Japan. <laughs> maybe but from what it says they played it at home most of the time because uh Kuroi is her only family and her caretaker and she has to ensure the protection mm, on herself right. of the plasma vessel but right. that doesn't but that doesn't mean she can't go out because she does go to like an all girls school so i don't know yeah um, either way it's mario if she's kart she's alive today i'd take her out i'd let her i'd play mario kart with her damn colt riz it's not like she has anything better to do nowadays. Well, uh, let's get into the third episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the third episode again, it's hidden inventory three. That's also, I don't know if I said that the episodes have been named like hidden, hidden inventory, hidden inventory two. And this is three. Um, so Kuroi has been kidnapped and she's in Okinawa, which I thought was like, which I remember reading that. I was like, Whoa, that's pretty cool. And they even talk about, uh, or they even, you even see some stuff that I was like, holy shit. Okay. But anyway, um, Gojo is telling Amanai, like, sure, we'll go there. But, uh, you know, you if you get scared or anything, we don't give a shit. We won't do jack shit. If anything bad happens, we'll take you immediately back to Jujutsu High. You know, you can't, you know, we don't want to hear it. Uh, immediately cuts to a beach episode. Woo! Uh, yep. So uh, Gojo and Amanai are on the beach messing around. Uh, 
and Ghetto and Karoy are kind of sitting on the sand talking about how they got there, which is they just took a plane. Um, nothing really happened. They got there, they kicked ass, and they got Karoy out. And, uh, yeah. Um, and then, too, worried about maybe if anybody will attack the airport, it's fine because they also brought uh, Nanami and a new character, Yu Haibara, there to uh, look out for anybody. So, uh, yeah. Uh, they're, and currently, they're first years in this, they're, so they're anywhere 14, 15 years old. Nanami's hairstyle is very much... Uh, I could see it in, like, the 2000s of that time. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, a young schoolboy haircut. A very emo. Um, and he's chilling like, with his homie. Which, like, yeah. obviously, that's Nanami, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny that you say that. I saw so many different, like, posts of people talking about, like, holy shit, they didn't recognize that it was Nanami. I it's pretty easy. It's pretty obvious, but let me tell you, people are fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I feel like it's obvious just by virtue of his hair color. The yeah. the blonde hair. Does he <laughs> not have the little glasses? He no. doesn't. No. Oh. Yeah. But I mean he just the hair. Looks like him. The hair. Yeah, I mean, and the the face structure looks the same because we see him without his glasses in the first season. Yeah, he has the same eyes. Yeah, like there's several like scenes of him without his glasses so i don't i don't understand where people were like like whoa he looks completely different like well not no. really <laughs> uh, anyway so yeah there's like a montage um gojo gojo actually we actually see gojo kind of care for amanai because they're like well let's stay a day um and we'll go back tomorrow ghetto's worried because gojo hasn't slept uh, he didn't sleep the next night, and he's not turned off his barrier technique, which, if you don't know from Season 1, what makes this different is that Gojo in Season 1 always has his barrier technique on and doesn't have to worry about turning it off. In this, he has it on, and he's very much has to turn it off occasionally. Yeah, it's um, like an active process. Yeah. Like at this and, time, uh, whereas in Season 1, it's very much just... Passive. Yeah. And um, and you know it's active too when his eyes glow. So I think it's pretty that's pretty neat as well. And uh, and yeah, so we we get just a, a montage of them exploring Okinawa, and uh, there are some very recognizable places. Um, I believe they went to the uh, I believe they went to the butterfly garden because I think I recognize that. And then they went to the aquarium where Amonai looks at the whale shark. And uh, it's very much a, a recurring motif with her is the ocean with fish um, as well. So uh, you could probably make a guess about what that represents. Um, but yeah, so there's that. And then they get back to the school. It's the day of the assimilation. Um, Gojo turns off his barrier ghetto tells him he's proud you know it's just a nice moment and then uh toji just stabs gojo through the chest not chill not chill bro not chill and uh yeah so it's kind of an insane scene because nobody uh especially nobody has ever seen this motherfucker bleed or get touched at all at all ever so this is uh pretty fucking crazy uh they react um as they should with uh ghetto subduing him with one of his cursed spirits which of course would die sadly um 
but uh, Gojo is the one who wants to take on Toji. Uh, we see Toji has, uh, we get another character that's introduced. Um, it's the inventory curse. And uh, he's a little freak. He is a little freak. He's a little worm fucking freak. Little baby worm freak. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Say it. Say it, Cole. Spe- speak your truth. Speak your truth. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Tochi also has a cool sword, um, which uh, we actually find some. Uh, I was actually curious about that sword because I was like, oh, shit, did we ever learn about that sword later? And you do, actually. You We actually do learn about the sword later in the manga. And I was like, oh, well, okay that's cool um but yeah this is where we learn that uh that at the at the day of the assimilation that's when the bounty ends toji is the one that took it down of course um which is also what kind of led to gojo um being kind of surprised because toji does all of this just to wear down gojo because that's the only way at this point can anybody ever imagine of hurting or fighting against somebody who uses limitless or somebody like gojo at this point is to wear them down uh we get like a shot of gojo being like very tired um of of all the stuff that's happened it's it's just to wear gojo down so that he takes he turns off his barrier and that leaves him very vulnerable also too we get a brief scene of toji having seen gojo when he was younger um, because of course Toji is part of the Zenin clan and Gojo was a part of the Gojo clan and you know he wanted to see who this was because this is a this is such a big moment. The a child with six eyes and limitless hasn't been born again in a thousand years. So he wanted to go see what that was all about. And Gojo, as a child, looks at Toji while he's behind him, and Toji he says that or he states that this is the first time anybody has ever noticed him behind them ever which is also a reason why he wanted to kill gojo was because holy shit this guy noticed me and i never get noticed so yeah that's pretty that's pretty interesting oh i didn't say to last episode um toji gets killed or gets called the uh sorcerer killer that's one of his nicknames um so you can probably you could have probably made assumptions about that. Also, too, should mention Gojo is wearing a little um his outfit in the flashback of him when he's a child is blue with uh blue dragonflies on it. If you don't know, dragonflies in uh Japanese uh culture represent uh victory and wisdom. Ah, oh. makes sense. He's smart and he's a winner. Yeah, so uh yeah, so we we get that. Toji explains that he is a heavenly or Gojo explains that Toji has a heavenly pact and um, he has zero cursed energy, which makes him kind of a bad matchup for Gojo because Gojo can't track him with his six eyes. And uh, Toji, again, is insanely strong because of the heavenly pact, since he has zero cursed energy, he is given in return superhuman strength and speed. And that's how he bounces around. Um, and Gojo needing more visibility destroys the entire area with uh his blue and uh it's really sick really sick animation too should mention and um with that though uh because <clears throat> sorry my throat uh toji's uh 
it's he has an inventory curse. You can make an assumption, but basically you can tell that the inventory curse, he can take weapons out of the inventory curse or anything. Um, he uses he pulls out a bunch of fly heads to swarm Gojo basically to blind him. And this is where we um, we see him use the weapon that he's been kind of bouncing around with at Gojo. He surprises him and uh, he's able to cut through gojo's uh limitless barrier and stabs him in the throat proceeds to pull the blade down his throat into his uh through his chest into his stomach pulls it out stabs him in the thigh and then stabs him in the head with a smaller blade and uh it's revealed that this blade that he had used to stab through the barrier is known as the um inverted spear of heaven which forcibly disables any uh curse technique and um and we get this very really chilling shot of gojo dead with uh fly heads actually touching his body pretty cool um, yeah um yeah. i, I want to say like talking about this fight there is a, and i don't know if y'all saw it so much and it wasn't necessarily people i follow but just kind of like the peripheral like obviously this was like the biggest weekly show coming out this the weeks of the summer a lot of people didn't like this fight um they thought the baby boy didn't get hurt or well (laughs) no a lot of people were complaining about the like oh why did mappa change to this animation style it looks so bad i I just don't see it what are they talking about um i i honestly do not see it i it is different than the season one animation style cinematic yeah i think this is much more like cinematic It's the and, same people that complain about Chainsaw Man because it's more cinematic. I, I couldn't tell you. Probably. But uh, it's just so weird to me that like I was watching this. I was like, oh, my God, this is so freaking good. And then seeing like random like, I don't know, post on forums and shit like that. People being like, uh, yeah, I just I wish they would take the t- like s- do more hand to hand stuff. I'm like, but that's not what this fight was. That's not what that happened. That's not even what happened. Literally, yeah, Toji it, wiped the floor with him. Yeah, exactly. They were like, "Oh, I wish." It, I was like, "Read the source They're, material." But no, yeah, yeah. I, like they just, I just found that kind of happened. interesting. Yeah, I, I think a yeah. lot of people too in the first season because there are a lot of like pure hand to hand fights. And don't yeah. get me wrong; those are all sick. That's just not what this is. <laughs> and all those hand to hand fights are mostly students that are not professional. Uh, curse users yeah exactly or their like oh, techniques very much rely on hand to, such as uh boogie woogie very much uh, yeah, still rely say, on hand-to-hand combat really the only hand-to-hand people you see is yuji and toto yeah and um i mean their curse techniques are they they rely on them having to get up and personal now megumi will use weapons um same thing with maki but i mean yeah. they're really kind of the only two that do that now panda gojo does use his oh panda you're right panda does too um now gojo does use his hands in jujutsu kaisen zero which dude is yeah insane. he does but this isn't that gojo yeah <laughs> so so it doesn't yeah that would never that wouldn't happen at that stage. yeah it just wouldn't make sense at this point in the story and now, fun fact, too, for people who don't know, the inverted spear of heaven is uh, actually based on an actual kind of object in Japan. Uh, it doesn't look like that, but it is uh, an actual object. Um, a sp- uh, I think it's more so a spear in this. Yeah, because because the blade that we see to- Toji use, it, it 
does uh it does not look like a spear it looks like a sword and it's very weird looking but it's so it's so sick honestly i i love the design of this blade um and it's just a cool sounding thing too and and also it's like such a good hack to like somebody like gojo like holy shit yeah like if you're ever just having to face an impossibly strong character like gojo i mean bam you have this like you're, yeah. you're i mean it's you're also like insanely op in general like even in terms of like other stuff we know about in jujutsu kaisen yeah yeah and and really though the only person who could who would be able to wield it effectively is like somebody with superhuman strength like toji so yeah um but yeah but anyway so yeah toji kills gojo and then toji and then we get a brief uh um cut to um ghetto escorting Kuroi and Amanai to the Tomb of the Stars, um, which is basically where Tengen resides. I, I should also mention, holy shit, I forgot about this. Um, I didn't realize this either, but so there's been a lot of presumption that Tengen is a man, but it wasn't until this anime that everybody realized that Tengen might actually be a woman. Yeah. And I didn't think about that. I was like, well shit because they're like because the pronouns that they use in the um in the show is um they're either they or they're kind of not really going towards he but they're more leaning towards they or she and then people were like well shit does he do, does tengen always fuse with the with the girl because does that mean that it's because Tengen is originally a woman? Like, I never even thought about that. I was like, holy shit. I just yeah, thought they just, needed random people. Yeah, it's something, like, too, like, even in the manga, like, Duren mentions, you kind of don't, I mean, because obviously you can't hear anything reading. So it's just kind of interesting, like, yeah, I'm right there with you, So I just never, I honestly never thought of Tengen other than, like, not an inanimate object, but, like, just a, a god thing in the in the universe i, I never yeah. thought about them you know one a way or stationary, the other so. a stationary thing that's there yeah. that serves a a very big purpose you know like colt said a god being but like never never changing or never move or not changing because they do change but never moving really um yeah i i never even considered it. i was like holy shit like that that kind of changes a lot of perspective on things um You'll you'll find out later, um, but um, yeah. So Ghetto is escorting her. Ghetto reveals to Amani that Gojo and Ghetto had originally planned that if she didn't want to do the assimilation, that they are more than willing to protect her and even fight Tengen. And uh, this is where we get a really beautiful moment of also Gojo kind of showing consideration in this flashback, but also. Amanai crying and saying that she wants to she she wants to live she wants to be with everybody she wants to live her life and you know ghetto's like we will secure a future for you and she's you know crying beautiful music playing it's so just yeah toji just says nah and shoots her in the head no you're yeah. making that up the credits hit there was he didn't have a gun well, that's the thing. They were actually playing the outro music, thinking like, "Oh, this is going to be a nice the ending uh, moment." Uh, but if you, even if you didn't read the manga, this was the most obvious this character is going to die episode of an anime I've seen in a long, long time. Because the whole time, like they're going out and doing this fun stuff, going to the aquarium, I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah!" This is like if 
she's dead. She's 100% dead. There's no stopping it. When I read the manga, I didn't really feel that way. I felt like her getting shot in the head was a pretty big surprise. Uh, but I feel like if you watch the anime, you saw that death coming. I mean, you say that, but you only, you only, you already have the pretext of her dying. So I don't know if that influences you because, I mean, I've literally seen so many people who were, who talked about like, God damn you, Mappa and Akutami for making this beach episode when something horrible happens. Like, yeah, people were surprised. Yeah, I saw um, a bunch of like um reaction like streamers and stuff like doing their reactions for this episode. I think I actually sent y'all a TikTok of one of somebody watching it and they're like, wait a second. They're they're <laughs> hanging on this scene too long. And then she gets shot and the and the girl just screams. She's like, ah, oh! she's like, fuck you. And it's such like a genuine reaction. It's so good. Yeah, I watched one guy on TikTok who like he's like um he was like he was like legit almost crying too because he's like this is so fucking beautiful and then she gets shot in the head and his face goes from like just changes to pure and utter just sad despair. It's so good. It's so good because I know like you Cole whenever I was reading the manga I was surprised too because it was insane. Now don't get me wrong too, Amanai if she did go with with the assimilation, she was going to die no matter what. Yeah. I think everybody was kind of assuming that she wasn't going to die by getting shot in the fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, so you brutal. know, in, in a world where a lot of our characters we have seen at this point have cursed abilities, you just don't expect a fucking bullet to the dome. Yeah, because... <laughs> I mean, because, you just don't. Because Nobody died from a fucking desert eagle in Naruto, you know? It just <laughs> it that would have been pretty fucking wild. <laughs> that would have been insane. That would have been insane if like everybody in the Akatsuki were the exact same, except there was like just one no new no jutsu, just like he's got an AR fifteen fucking armed. <laughs> just pulls out a bunch of guns. Oh man. <laughs> That'd be kind of sick. Okay. Which I guess there are there is a character with kind of a gun in Naruto, but it's like a chakra. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, a TikTok thing. Um, I saw someone saying that like, all right, Jujutsu Kaisen fans, you want to stop watching now. Uh, if you want to continue to keep your fun, happy, loving. Uh, I saw that cast, too. <laughs> uh, just stop watching. You had your fun. Get out. Because <laughs> here on, it's none of that. It's so true, though. Like, there's it's like so true. Like, and I know we'll get to it, but really, like at the end of episode five, it's like, wow, this is going to be the last time I feel joy watching this series for probably a decade. Oh, <laughs> and it's not as it's not even the saddest moment in the series, in my opinion. So this. No. Oh God, no. I, I don't. I don't think this is top five. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's... I, I don't know. I mean, I know for me it was top five because it it bummed me the fuck out. But, Clearly, uh... you haven't seen the one. Well, you have. It's the uh, something doesn't cry. No, oh, shut up. That's my that, saddest one. That that may be like my number. That's probably like number. I, we're not talking about manga spoilers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's dude, no more vague. happiness. No one Damn, got this. Yeah. Damn, Cole, there's no me more out. happiness in Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, no, I saw the same thing where somebody was like, or I saw a comment where somebody was like, "Hey, what anime is this?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> 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 I 
so true. They're like, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> it pisses me off too, like how good the first season was and like how fast it like hooked all of us and how we all read the manga and now we know what's going to happen in the anime and we're like, wow, we're just, there's never going to be a joyful experience watching the show again. No. Nope. Fucking pain. And they're, they're so, they're still like fucking 200 chapters. <laughs> now I will say there, there, there might not be any happiness, but there'll definitely be some, uh, Brutal cool savagery, cool yeah. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Cool fights, yeah. You just ain't gonna yeah. be happy about it. Oh, and, and yeah, and to finish off this part, um, so yeah, uh, I'm and I get shot in the head in front of Ghetto. Ghetto is just clearly shocked. Uh, also should mention, and I, I might, I'm, I'm with everybody in this camp. Toji listened to that entire thing, but was so dedicated to getting the bag, he was just like, "No, nah, I'm gonna kill this bitch." Yeah, name. because because like he had to be there because he had he, like uh anyway yeah so I he, thought he that was, like was... his objective was dead or alive. No, because the Time Vessel Association needed her dead. Okay, they they did not want her alive. He he had to kill her. Um, and then whenever Kong gives him his contract, it's it's specifically an assassination. Um. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so Toji does that, and then Ghetto's like, "What are you doing here?" And Toji's like, "Oh, it's because I killed Gojo." And Ghetto's like, "You should die, <laughs> or you should die." Then, uh, and then starts to pull out his cursed spirits, which is super sick. And the animation style changes just a little bit. Yeah, and that that's where the episode ends. Uh, yeah, they they draw in- like Ghetto's like disgusted face. I, I don't even want to say it's anger; it's like pure disgust. Of Toji saying he killed Gojo and then obviously just killed Amonai. So he's like, well, here's my two strongest curses. I'm about to absolutely obliterate you. That's when his racism woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Toji did it to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not wrong. Uh, Yeah. Uh, any, Any more thoughts about this episode? Really good. Uh, they made the, uh, fucking, homicide way more brutal than i remembered it oh yeah, yeah. gojo's yeah, like dead body looks like i mean obviously it looks pretty brutal in the manga it's almost a one-to-one shot in the anime like it there's a lot of blood his whole torso is just open yeah pretty sick yeah i i, I didn't even realize how like how extensive that damage was. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Cause I only remember him getting stabbed in the throat and the leg. I didn't realize he pulls the blade down. So I'm yeah, like I, like, I just completely forgot that he essentially just carves cuts him. him in, yeah. Cuts him in half. Almost. I would have um, just been like, ow. <laughs> yeah. Colt wouldn't have felt it. Yeah, yeah. I'm stronger. Yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah. Yeah, great episode. So, uh, next up is Hidden Inventory 4, episode 28. Uh, for this one, again, uh, or the very beginning of the episode 2, they show Amonai getting shot in the head again. I don't know why they had to. <laughs> it was they, like the scene in uh, Police Story where he's sliding down that ladder. Not ladder, they, that pole. They, they, they they just, yeah. Showed it like four different angles. Like, yeah, bang, they bang, showed bang, bang. multiple angles. I'm like, this is what's animated. You could have stuck with one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... um. Yeah, so Ghetto and Toji fight. Ghetto 
Ghetto basically throws everything he has at him. Um, he sends the rain, uh, his curse, uh, Rainbow Dragon, at him, which is like a super sick, probably one of my favorite looking curses in the series. It's the never ending story dragon, and it immediately gets fucking killed. Yeah, uh, despite being in the OP. Yeah, so not the that first was time that happens. Um, yeah. Toji Toji pulls out one of his swords and immediately cuts through the dragon, and Ghetto is shocked because Ghetto that says that baby. the rain. The, rain, the rainbow dragon has the toughest hide, and so that also, uh, I I learned too about how uh because because everybody was kind of curious about how Toji did that. Everybody assumed that he was just super strong, and that's why he did that. But no, it actually has to do with that sword. Yeah. Um, that sword is very interesting. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. It's not really a spoiler. Do you guys want to know what that sword is? Uh, should I already know it? it? you should but the thing is it's like for a brief moment they talk about it and that's they they never talk about it again oh so but would it spoil manga i mean uh anime onlys no because it's it's no not really they never talk about what that sword can do ever again i mean why not so that sword basically what it can do is it can ignore the durability of any target Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. So that's why he was able to cut through Rainbow Dragon was because it ignored its durability. Um, I even have its name in here. It's called the Soul Liberation Blade. Um, pretty badass in my opinion. But uh yeah, so Ghetto Ghetto's throwing everything he has at him. We get this really cool just sequence of Ghetto shooting a bunch of his squid curses, and it looks like a light barrage shooting into the sky. Yeah. It's so sick. It's probably like this episode is one is one of my favorite episodes of anime just because of how insane it is. Um, and then also Toji explains to kind of his heavenly pact his also his heavenly pact. It enhances his five senses. So that's how he's able to perceive curses as well as because they enhance it to the point that it gives him a sixth sense. Basically, he also explains how he hides the inventory curse. He swallows it. Uh, he makes it really small and swallows it. And then when he needs it, he throws it back up. Uh, also, Kuroi is killed. Should mention that he killed the maid. <laughs> rest, in yep. um, rest in peace, because everybody, because he does say that she's probably dead. Um, and everybody kind of assumed that okay, she might still be alive. But I went to the wiki, and it was like, nope, she fucking died. So that bummed me out. <laughs> um, no more Mario so, Kart. Yep, no more Mario Kart. Um. So yeah, uh, Ghetto even throws out one of his uh, other powerful curses, Kuchisake Ona. If anybody knows or is familiar with that, that is an urban legend, more from modern Japan, which is the woman who has a slit cut smile, basically a, th- a face, and um, she she she'll ask you a question of, "Do you think she's pretty?" And it, your answer determines what happens next, basically whether she kills you or cuts your face up. Aren't you Same supposed to say like? Uh, let me answer later. Something like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, you can. You can choose a third option. If you say that you can answer her later, <laughs> I think that's how you get out of it. I believe. But now for this scenario, which is cool, and I love how Akutame adapts this, is that basically, uh, she she basically uh does a really cool animation. She does a simple domain, and the simple domain restricts both of them of no violence and she asks the question do you think i'm pretty and toji toji figures this out and she's a potential apparition should mention that that is something that is kind of special about her um 
they, they talk about potential apparitions like in season one. I, I can't give you the full explanation of that, but it, it's kind of fascinating how they explain some stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah. And he just he just says, I'll just come right out with it. You're not my type and immediately gets his gets a haircut kind of and his ear almost chopped off. And basically, since he asks or answers it there with the wrong answer, um, a bunch of scissors are floating. But because Toji, again, is superhuman, he's able to cut down all of these scissors and stuff with ease. It's pretty sick. Um, and also the entire time he has his hand on his hip and he looks so dope. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Ghetto tries to take away his inventory curse. And it doesn't work because the inventory curse has uh, a master servant relationship with Toji. So it can't be taken. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, and then Toji uh, kicks G Ghetto's ass, but doesn't kill him. Uh, he tells him that uh, he he doesn't want the curses that he has. He doesn't know what would happen with the curses that he has if he kills him. So he just he just wounds him and knocks him out and says that he's blessed, um, especially with his parents. He got to thank his parents for blessing him or whatever. Um, this is also too where he uh, remembers. Oh, I didn't say this. Fuck Toji. So Kong asks Toji how Megumi is doing, and Toji's like, who is that? And that's very clearly his son. Um, but in this moment, um, the word for blessings is has Megumi in it, and when he says it, he remembers that he named his son Megumi because it means blessings, um, which is, I guess, a sweet moment. <laughs> but he doesn't care. He's like, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah I watched that moment, and I went, God, that's so nice. Well, it I I will talk about him because it, it's it's so weird. He is he is a fascinating character. Um, so yeah, uh, should also mention too the inventory curse is actually also based on an actual character from Japanese folklore. I don't know where the fuck I saw it, but I saw something. I was reading it just offhand about how there was a legend. This is like way back long ago in ancient Japan, a legend about a man who could swallow and store weapons in his body. And that's what the inventory curse is based off of. I didn't know that. And I thought that was so cool. Um, so there's a fun little thing for you there. Uh, Toji takes Amonai's body back to the Time Vessel Association. Uh, we get introduced to a character, uh, Shigeru Sonata. He's a minor character. He's a representative of the association. Um, he he stored her body in the uh, the inventory curse, which is very disturbing. Um, but yeah, they get her body. They wrap it up. They take it away. Job's done. So uh, they're leaving. Kong's like. Bro, I only I don't care about you. I only work. I only willing to interact with you either in work or in hell. So he leaves, and then Toji is just kind of walking by and loathsome. Um, and then who is that in the distance? Is it a Your bird? I'll never believe it. It's Gojo. <laughs> Gojo lived, and it's a pretty. This sequence is probably one of my favorites in manga and in anime ever. It's so sick. Um, Gojo is absolutely just insane right now. Um, <laughs> he starts babbling and babbling. Uh, basically, how Gojo survived was that he he finally figured out how to use reverse curse technique. So he healed himself kind of the instant that he got stabbed in the brain, basically. Uh, because he, he got stabbed with a different blade from the inverted spear. So. 
Yep, that left. I him. start acting like this when I lose in Mario Kart, so I get it. Yeah, true. Col- I, Col- I have seen Colt do this after a bad game of Overwatch. Oh, 100%. I do it in a good game of Overwatch. Yeah, Colt will start floating. He'll start screaming and talking about how uh, he figured he finally figured everything out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so am th- the uh, what? What does he say? We'll get to it. We'll okay. get to it. Jesus, can you calm down for a second? Oh my Cole? gosh, I'm just saying what I say normally. I know, I know. But uh, this is where we see Gojo. Uh, I mean, he really does go crazy. It's crazy seeing Gojo um, like scream. Like he legitimately screams because he's just like, he's like ready for a fucking fight and because he might have a little bit of brain trauma. Just saying. Um, he uses red effectively. Um, Toji it has a brief moment where he's stretching, getting ready to fight. Uh, you can see all every single muscle through his tight ass black shirt. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely slutty. Um, Might as well he, have been painted on. Yeah, ba- yeah, you're not wrong. Might as well have been painted on. And uh, and he pulls out a chain, which uh, to connect to his inverted spear, which um, they don't say in in the show, but it's called the thousand mile chain. And basically, as long as you don't see the end of the chain, it can stretch infinitely. Uh, that's why they call it Thousand Miles. Um, well, they should probably call it Infinite Chain, but anyway. So a Thousand Miles get... is pretty long. If you stretch it a thousand miles, you should be able to get whatever job you need done done. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so it's it's inverted spear extended. That's how he uses it like that to uh, fight Gojo. But also in the entire time, Toji's like something feels off. Gojo is floating. He looks absolutely insane. The sunlight is shining through. But Toji's like, fuck it, it's fine. I'm gonna kill this bitch. So uh also too, Toji mentions that he only knows about limitless, red, and blue, which is what usually everybody knows, except Gojo reveals that only few people, even in the Gojo clan, know about purple, which is what he uses in this moment. But uh during this moment too, we get this kind of this really such good dialogue where Gojo just is he's he's absolutely high right now he is feeling it and he he says amini i'm sorry this you know i i i don't feel bad for you i hold no grudge towards anybody it's just that the world feels so so wonderful right now and in this moment he he strikes a pose and says throughout heaven and earth i alone am the honored one and that is what colt usually says but uh, that is a quote from uh, the Lotus Sutras, I believe. And that is from uh, Mahayana, uh, Mahayana Buddhism. Yes, Mahayana Buddhism. Um, that is quoted by, that's a quote from the Buddha, who that's what the Buddha says when he, uh, I think when the Buddha is first born or when the Buddha takes his first steps. Um, and uh, that's what that's what Gojo says in this moment. Throughout heaven and earth, I alone am the honored one. And he uses purple. Uh, it's called imaginary technique, by the way, which incorporates imaginary numbers. <laughs> I should mention that. Another mathematic shit. Um, and uh, yeah, so he blasts right through Toji. It's really cool because you see as the whole environment turns purple, the, the blast goes through the chain and hits Toji. It's super sick. Um, Toji is literally 
in after he gets hit, he's just basically contemplating everything leading up to this moment. He um he got rejected by the Zenin clan because he had no curse energy and he anybody and he just wanted to say fuck you. Uh he wanted to take down the pinnacle of the Jujutsu world, which was Gojo, and he wanted to reject everything, basically reject himself and care about nobody else but himself and also I mean really those he kind of cares about because we also do get a shot of uh Fushiguro, his wife, um and his it is infant son and um and we it's just this really kind of harrowing moment where we see how bad the damage is and i mean literally there's a there's like a side of toji is just perfectly like cut out circular um and he puts his right arm through it to kind of feel and it's just blood dripping on his hand it's really kind of sad um gojo asks him if he has any last words and toji says no but he again thinks about Megumi and he tells him that in three years, Megumi will be sold off to the Zenin clan. Do what you will with that. Then he dies standing up. And that's where the episode ends. But then we get bonus scenes where Ghetto is healed and he's running to find um, Almanai. Uh, the inventory curse goes to Ghetto and calls him mommy and wants him to hug him. Ghetto does absorb the inventory curse because he uses it in Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. And we find Gojo at the Time Vessel Association holding Amanai's body. And it's just a bunch of clapter. Everybody's clapping because they're like, yes, this little girl died. Hell yeah. That's not a bit. They're all clapping for the death of this little girl. And Gojo is like, why don't we just kill everybody? I doubt I would feel anything. Ghetto's like, no, we can't do that. There'd be no meaning to it. And Gojo says, there does there have to be? And Ghetto kind of sinks into himself where he's like, yeah, there has to be because it's important. But they just keep clapping and clapping and clapping. And that's where the episode ends. Officially. This was <sighs> the best of the group of this oh, yeah. little arc. Easily. Absolutely. It, like, I, I was, and I'm sure all of us, we were really excited about you know, Gojo's whole monologue, you know, using purple for the first time, but they did it so well here. Like, it really does live up to, like, just one of the best monologues in, like, modern anime, like, in the last 10 years, probably. It's just so good. It's like Gojo... I mean, they show it literally, and it's also figuratively, of Gojo ascending into this higher plane of existence. Yes, absolutely. he just... In that moment, you know, this whole show has been, oh, we're the strongest, we're the strongest, we're the strongest. But now, Gojo is the strongest. It's just, it's it's so good. And the way they animate purple continues to be amazing. I can't believe that shit's in Fortnite now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I I still think about it all the time, like, with the with the way... Everything lights up as purple. The buildings, the shadows, everything. It's so gorgeous. It's it's just like because it's literally just a purple light. And then next thing you know, uh, there's a series of consecutive holes from where the beam blasted through the fucking through everything. It's so sick. It's so good. Uh, what were your thoughts, Cole? I fucking love this episode. Uh, Toji, uh, this is one of my favorite fights. So, uh, seeing Toji get his, um, bussy come up and yes, I was going to say that. Uh, 
it was very good and uh it happened way faster than i remember it going when i was it reading did. it it did i i agree it definitely happened faster um it uh yeah no it, it was a uh, um, because, because I do see this, and I, I appreciate it because people always talk about Toji and how even though he did these terrible things, it's still it's still almost it, it's kind of tough to hate him because I mean he he really is pretty he is kind of cool, and then also too there's too when uh when he's talking to the Time Vessel Association representative, he after the guy leaves the room, he kind of does a little bit where he's like crazy. Like it's it's pretty funny. Um, Goofball, yeah, he was, just likes to murder. Yeah, but like the thing is too is like even with that though, I'm like the fucker killed Amani, like a girl who was literally going to back out of the assimilation, and he just killed her. And he knew he knew this, and he still killed her because what did he want? Motherfucking money, thirty million yen, so he could go bet on more horse races or well, boat races. Only, well, no, keep in mind, he he had the 30 million yen, used it for the bounty. Not only that, got paid extra and a bonus. He was a gambling addict. He actually is a gambling addict. Which That's not a I, here's my thinking. I'm like, dude, you could have went to the Olympics with how fucking fast you were running. 2006? He could have well, been in a- the... He could have been in the 08 Summer Olympics and wiped the floor in every track and field event. No, that for real. He literally could have gone to the Olympics and did awesome. And the thing is, too, they couldn't be like, oh, we got to test him to see if he's doing drugs. There would be no drugs because that's just him. Not going to find anything. <laughs> he would have floored Michael Phelps. A- absolutely. He would have floored. Yes. Just a lot to think about. A very a lot to think about. Um, dude could have done a lot. Anyway, yeah, it just shows what gambling uh, does. Yeah, he could have been uh, a father. <laughs> okay, you're right. That's Cole. where we kind of get interesting. So I guess I'll talk about it here because it's not really brought up again. Um, so what's interesting about Toji is again, there's there's like some kind of bonus ancillary stuff that you find out if you read the physical version. So Toji actually, uh, he left the Zenin clan and he got married to Megumi's mother which he took her name and at the time when he married her because there's a time the the age is a lot of contention too because there's a timeline from when he was in the Zenin clan he left but then he became a sorcerer killer and was doing a lot of contract killing of sorcerers and curse users and stuff and but then he met Megumi's mom and stopped doing that and basically kind of just let it all go and wanted to be a family man and um and wanted to uh and wanted to just do that but the thing is is that at some point megumi's mom died and when she died he really sunk into himself and just got super depressed and basically resorted back to what he was doing beforehand and um going back into old habits basically and but during this time, he also met uh, the person who would be Sumiki's mom, which is Megumi's uh, stepsister. He met her, and they hooked up, kind of, or they hooked up, and they and they were kind of dating. But again, like I, we don't really know what happened to her either, other than that she basically abandoned them, and so did he. But the thing is, too, is that um, 
we find out that actually Kong Shui, his business mediator, is actually kind of more his friend because he also babysat Megumi while like Toji was um was doing his stuff. It was also like super depressed and gambling and stuff because um because his wife died. So it's kind of weird to think that like this guy who we briefly met also kind of was there for more of Megumi's life than Megumi's own dad. <laughs> so that, that's it. That's a, I think that's an interesting little tidbit you should get. You guys should know about Toji. It's it's very bizarre because while you can feel for the guy, he's still very much lean. Like if you were to put him on a kind of like a gray scale, I mean, he he leans more to to black to darkness to evil i guess you want to say that um but it, just it's a just, guy with a game like addiction it kind of helps you i guess it, it in my opinion it kind of helps more to kind of understand him um not necessarily to make him seem better but to kind of understand yeah. that but yeah i don't think um, you have to yeah, sympathize then, with him but you can definitely understand it's always good to get a little bit you know he's not a one note character. He's not just like, I love killing because yeah. I love murder. Like there's a crazy, I know, but there's actually a deeper meaning into the character. Yeah. He loves killing because yeah. he loves gambling. Yeah. <laughs> Which is way yeah. different. And also too, like, so it's kind of weird too, because also he sold his, he sold Megumi to the, he was going to sell Megumi to the Zenin clan to <sighs> also get money as well. <laughs> but there's also some, other notes too that say that Toji was going to sell Megumi because he didn't because he he couldn't give Megumi the life that he he thought he could with when he had his when his mother was still alive. So he thought the best outcome was to sell Megumi to back to the Zenin clan so that not only Toji could get money, but also Megumi could find his full potential as a sorcerer. There's that as well. Uh, and, Sounds and like an Toji excuse to get millions of dollars so I can go spend it on the horse track. You're not wrong, but it is kind of like you can kind of like, okay, it because Megumi, if he was still living, you know, at the home that he is and Toji was being the way that it is, I mean, Megumi would never develop into a sorcerer. Now, would it now, would he de develop into the sorcerer he is now if he was at the Zenin clan? No fucking way. Um, no, no, the Zenin clan sucks ass. You'll find out that you'll find that out later, but it, it is kind of there is some kind of like, understand understanding to that um definitely not just a one note character there is definitely layers to him and um yeah uh and then as for me to gojo saying the famous line I, I i've it's probably one of the most famous just scenes i in my opinion one of in like manga and now anime like it, it just it rung out through like the entire like manga world when he said this I, it was just insane it was so sick and uh it, it's so funny because there's so much contention too because people are like the people are like why did he say that did the buddha really say that why does he sound so arrogant people are like okay the buddha did say that the buddha but the buddha wasn't being arrogant okay but then some people were like well actually the buddha did say that but he was being arrogant and it's just so funny to have the same kind of contention with like another religion that you see with like Christianity, like we have here in the West. It's so funny. Like, and I, I just think it's so funny because people are like, Oh, he's arrogant. Like, well, yeah, the dude's a fucking God now. Of course. He yeah. Has every like, right to be arrogant. Obviously he has the power of infinity. Like, obviously he's arrogant. 
Yeah. I would be too. And, and they're like, well, no, because the inverted spear is like, yeah, but he came back, dodged the inverted spear, and was able to kill the person using it. Like, uh, like, dude, like, no, he's yeah, also good luck stabbing infinity. Or imaginary, I guess, with purple. Well, you know, also, too, I told Colt this, that it makes sense for the inverted spear of heaven to be able to cut through infinity, because what, what other thing is close to infinity besides the heavens? So face but um time yeah uh but anyway (laughs) yeah so now we're on the final episode episode 29 premature death uh this is basically the end to the the gojo's past arc so in this uh we uh we find out a year later gojo is able to keep uh limitless on indefinitely while also using reverse curse technique and using the bare minimum of uh, curse energy and resources while also being able to distinguish targets automatically. Um, we, um, we get kind of, uh, we, this is where we see that Gojo has truly become the strongest. Uh, and then also at the same time, we get Ghetto's descent into, um, into who he, into badness, into basically who he is, um, by the time of Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, so, uh, oh, and at this point too, I should mention that Gojo and Ghetto originally weren't actually considered special grade until this point. Yeah, I should mention that. Um, but now they're considered special grade. Which at this point, there's only two, or there's only three special grade sorcerers, and we meet one of them in this episode. Her name is Yuki Sukumo. Um, we don't know her curse technique, but we are introduced to her, and she ba- and she is a special grade sorcerer who basically travels abroad and is trying to find out, um, or trying to figure out how to get rid of curse spirits and ha- and get rid of these problems of of the Jujutsu society has to deal with. Um, also, she's too, a cool cat. Get, like, I want to say that she is a very cool cat. Um, She's also the one who trains Toto. She says the famous line, uh, what woman is your type? So that's also how you know how you've seen her. You see her in season one. And um, also, too, we get really good kind of montage, again, of Ghetto's descent. Um, There's a really good scene of him in the shower while the water is hitting him. It sounds like the clapping that he hears at the Time Vessel Association. Yeah. Really disturbing. Especially. Yeah. And they made his face look fucked up. Yeah, they did. He like looks... it, it was drawn like with super thick lines and like, but not necessarily like a completely like perfect lines. It looks so cool. And and his his eyes are like dead, and it's just him yeah. thinking, and it's so sad because you you really feel for him because, um, this is also where he first time uses the term monkeys to refer to non sorcerers. Yeah, um, the racism. Yeah, and uh. Uh, yeah, and uh, we also get a little bit of um conversation between him and Hybara. Um, I uh, Hybara is like this kind of. Uh, we we don't really get to know much about him. He's very giddy, very happy, very funny too. Um, reminds me a, a ton of Yuji. Yeah, it's kind of implied that he reminds um. He's supposed to remind you of Yuji because he also says something about how he likes to be a jujitsu sorcerer because he likes to be able to do something that only he can do, which is something Yuji says. Um, 
you could probably make some connections there with why Nanami kind of uh, likes Yuji. Yep. Um, anyway, but uh, uh, yeah. So Yuki is just talking to Ghetto about what to about what can possibly be done. There's basically the idea of minimizing curse energy or maximizing it. Uh, she can't do minimizing because the only other person who she could have really studied this is Toji, and Toji is now dead. Um, so she thinks about maybe maximizing, which is basically what if we could get people to control their curse energy like sorcerers and have everybody be Jujutsu sorcerers. That's where Ghetto gets the idea of well, what if we just kill all non-sorcerers? And Yuki's like, yeah, you could do that. It'd literally be the easiest thing to do. Uh, which is not wrong. Like, she's not yeah. wrong. But uh, but she's like, but she tells him, like, look, you know, you have two paths. It's either to to hate non-sorcerers or to go back to being to who you were before. And it's your choice, you know, which isn't wrong. Like, she's saying, like, you have a choice. And they're like, that's just a, you know, that's just a natural thing to say. Of, like, you have a choice. And you have to choose. Let's just say he did not choose correctly. He did no. not choose correctly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Yuki also reveals that another star plasma vessel has popped up. So Tengen is also stable. So really, it kind of it kind of sucks because Amanai, it kind of puts into perspective Amanai of like how her, her existence kind of meant little because as soon as she died, another plasma vessel, ex you know, popped up. So yep. it's really sad. Um, then later, uh, Yuhaibara dies, uh, there's a unseen mission him and Nanami went on, and Nanami is incredibly, you know, just devastated, and, um, yeah, and also, too, Nanami mentions, too, about, like, talking about how can we just not send Gojo on all missions from now on, uh, which is also another thing about him, kind of, um, the psych, or the mentality of him being the, really the strongest at this point. So I think that's also interesting as well. Uh, then we finally get into basically kind of the official like catalyst of what throws Ghetto down the path that he is now. Uh, he goes to a rural village. Um, there's two girls who have jujitsu powers and they're basically being tortured, imprisoned and beaten for having these powers and blamed for everything bad happening. And it's really good also montage scene of like ghetto kind of like being frustrated with these people. And um, he, he just ends up killing all the residents, 112 people and he gets sentenced to death. Um, but he saves these two little girls and we actually see them in the Jujutsu Kaisen zero movie. They're like 15 or so. Um, yeah, they're like 15. Um, and uh yeah, and this is where we also get some great voice acting and like animation from from Gojo's voice actor uh, in the facial animation with him. Uh, just absolutely amazing because we we get the confrontation scene between him and Ghetto. Gojo, you know, talking to him about like you know this is impossible to do. You can't do this, and Ghetto telling him, "Well, it wouldn't be impossible for you, would it?" Uh, which like I don't know how much more because people I still see people don't fucking understand how strong Gojo is like if this doesn't set like show you like the idea because Ghetto says like if I was you I could kill every non-sorcerer in the world like my dream would be reality and it's yeah, true I don't, 
it definitely feels like okay so first of all like at this point in the story gojo has the distinction that only two other sorcerers have but one of those sorcerers within his own class is saying how much stronger gojo is than ghetto then yes they're both special grade sorcerers but gojo is leagues above ghetto at this point like it's almost like i mean gojo's in a league of his own yeah 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 it's so weird to me that people just are like, well, Gojo and Ghetto should be the same strength. No, 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 no. They're just both so much stronger than everybody else, but Gojo is so much stronger than Ghetto. Like, it just, it kind of baffles me that people, like, I mean, because Jujutsu Kaisen pretty much writes in black and white their power structure for you, especially with the protagonists. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of funny. They're like, eh. Now, don't get me wrong. People, uh, people do... Uh, well, I can't say people do because everybody makes this claim. And I mean, it is true for the most part. Jujutsu Kaisen. I mean, anybody can kind of win in a battle in Jujutsu Kaisen because yeah. like no matter, no matter the, no matter the technique, like it, when it, it really comes down to strategy, but at the same time, when you have characters who are gods like Sukuna, like Gojo, it makes it incredibly more difficult and almost makes it impossible. Yeah, it's like imagine it's like anybody could beat anybody at a chess game theoretically. But if I was to go against yes. the best player in chess right now, I'm probably not going to win. Probably not going to win. Like for real. Like that's just that's just that's just how it is. Um, yeah. and it's the same here. Like and Gojo and Gojo is so powerful and then Ghetto even po like posits the question of like are you Gojo Satoru because you're the strongest or are you the strongest because you're Gojo Satoru which I, I yep. said that the reverse but um but yeah the, he says that and um and it is a good question <laughs> like yep. holy shit um yeah and then Ghetto walks off into the sunset and Gojo is attempting or thinking about killing him and he doesn't. And so again, it's such a good scene. Yeah. Like so his good. finger is um, quivering, like in the, or quivering in the like position for him to shoot, you know, either red, blue, or even purple. And yes, his, his hands just shaking and like, he can't bring himself to do it. But I mean, you know, a bunch of civilians if he did it. I, sure. But like also too, like whatever, um, because <laughs> I mean, we've seen that Gojo, like, obviously, you know, it's at, at this point still like just wants to meet the ends to his goal, no matter how he gets there. But it's funny, too, that Ghetto even acknowledges that Gojo could kill them, kill him right there. Like, yeah, no questions and, and about he, it. If it came down to a one on one fight between Ghetto and Gojo, Gojo would wipe the floor with them. A, because Gojo is just that much more powerful. But with their techniques. Ghetto is a total mismatch for Gojo. Like Ghetto just can't even compete. Yeah, because uh, because like I mean, Ghetto might have stuff in his arsenal to compete with Gojo, but at this point, I don't think so. Um, later, later, you might say that he. You could argue that he probably could stand a better chance. But yeah, yeah, yeah Gojo, Gojo could, and um. And also, too, if you think about it, too, it, Gojo, if he did do what he does and he did end up killing civilians, I mean, you have to think about it, too. Like, do you kill? It's terrible. Do you kill a few civilians and basically save the world? Or do you let this genocidal maniac walk away? Um, like, which he ends up, he, he lets him walk away because, you know, he, he can't do it. Gojo <laughs> loves him. Yeah. Um, 
Which, well, I mean, which, I which is true. I mean, I mean, not even he meaning does. it in like a a fanficy way, but I mean, these I don't see how you can watch the show and see anything besides the love that these two have for each other. It, like, I mean, people are like, "Oh my god, they're just such great friends." It's like, mm, yeah, they are great friends. It, it's just really? like they have such like an undying love for each other, like that's you know wrapped in like this admiration and respect and all of this and that's a part of the reason gojo can't kill them but also too like you kind of have gojo to blame for ghetto going down this path because it's kind of gojo's ideas at you know at the end of the hidden inventory arc that kind of sends ghetto down this path and also gojo becoming and gojo knows that too Gojo becoming the absolute strongest because they even talk about, oh, well, you know, Gojo is the strongest, so he only goes on missions himself. But since Ghetto is also a special grade sorcerer, there's really no need to send anybody else with him either. So th they really isolate the two from each other. So they drift apart in their ideals and, and stuff, and they kind of fall out of love, essentially. I mean, really, like, I, I feel like that's the only way you can read this. Well, you know, I I wouldn't say it's Gojo's fault particularly. I would say it's probably no, it's, because no, it's because not I, like I would, he I would was say, actively doing it. Yeah, because he was he was being sent on missions, and it wasn't really his choice. Yeah. But at the same time, Gojo could have you know there were signs, and Gojo could have noticed. But at the same time, you know they're teenagers, so that's tough. But yeah, um, but but yeah, I mean, it definitely Gojo feels partly responsible two for that mm -hmm. and um and this is and again this is where we see finally the swapping of values and beliefs basically ghetto now favoring the strong over the weak which is non-sorcerers and gojo basically he you know he still thinks that like you know weak people are weak but at the same time he he doesn't see them as like now as like obstacles or or something to like basically be like pushed aside he he thinks that now that the weak you know the weak should be protected but also too the weak or the weak can become strong and the strong can get even stronger yeah um even up to him yeah um, yeah because gojo feels like a i guess a sense of duty as like oh i actually am the strongest so i have to protect everybody even the strong like it's kind of this weird like yes, his, his absolutely principles change, but not necessarily his values change. Um, well, which it's is interesting, interesting about about Gojo's because Gojo name basically means like enlightenment or um the like the the phrase of like uh, or the idea of like um developing your morals and values. And I, I think that's what's fascinating about these two characters is that Gojo at the time at the beginning doesn't really have much value or morality other than that like you know the strong uh protects the strong but now over the course he develops his um his his morals his values while at the same time ghetto has a moral and value uh moral foundation but then also changes them which is another kind of thing about enlightenment and also like um becoming a higher reaching a higher state of consciousness is being able to develop your own values, your own morality. And that's yep. what, that's what, that's what really separates both Gojo and Ghetto from everybody else too. And 
kind of what also makes Gojo a god is because he was able to do that. He's able to figure that uh, figure that out on his own. And like you said, too, about like how he now feels an immense responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit it right. Um, yeah, and then Ghetto also, too. We see Ghetto take over the old Time Vessel Association. Um, he becomes how we know him to be also too the 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 outfit he wears a kesa it's called the gojo kesa because um it has gojo's name in it that's why he wears it um and uh and then we see gojo pick up uh megumi we see baby megumi and we get a fun scene where gojo's face is just a pure horror because he's like you look just like him <laughs> and uh and and gojo so what's interesting too is that uh megumi does not know that gojo killed his dad uh no even in the megumi doesn't even know who toji is yeah he doesn't know who he is and i just think that's interesting because you go we've gone this entire time you're thinking like like megumi like because when you because watching this now and then realizing oh shit like it puts into perspective like megumi doesn't know what his dad looks like also he doesn't know that that gojo killed him and um So yeah, uh, and he and, like and Gojo-, Gojo tries to tell them, and Megumi's like, yeah. "I don't care." Yeah, like he tries to tell them, but Megumi still thinks that his dad's alive and is off somewhere, which is also kind of sad. Um, but yeah, Gojo is like, "Well, you know, if you ever want to know, just ask." Um, yeah, just ask is, me. Yeah, which also too, I, I like, like I never even thought about it too. Gojo basically becomes Megumi's like dad, like. Yeah, it's crazy because he he stops yeah. the transaction and he takes them in, and um, and yeah, and uh, this is too. Megumi asks about Zenin Clan. And he's like, "Well, my stepsister Sumiki, will she find happiness in the Zenin Clan?" And Gojo's like, "No, no, she won't. Yeah, absolutely not. Actually, Be- because with how they treat women, she will not. Which nope. is a fact. Um, yep. yeah. So yeah, I find it funny that. that Ghetto and Gojo at seventeen years old both decide to adopt children." Yeah, Ghetto <laughs> adopts two girls, and Gojo adopts a son, a, a son and a, a a daughter. Like I never yeah. thought about that. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's really very, funny. It's very yeah, um yeah. It cuts then to October nineteenth, twenty eighteen, with the current first years Iadori, Nobara, Megumi, Gojo waking up, and uh, you actually see that Gojo has been crying. Uh, somebody pointed yep. out his eyes are puffy. Because yep. he's been crying and it's so sad. I, I, I'm pretty sure I sent you that video on TikTok because all the arguments in the comments were like, well, he could be tired. And everybody's like, how could he be fucking tired? He was asleep. He was obviously crying <laughs> in his sleep because he loves ghetto. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And like, and I think it's too, is the way the intro starts, it starts with a tear, like yep. a single tear. So like he yep. had, he was it, definitely crying. Yeah. It wraps it all around. It wraps it in a perfectly beautiful little bow. Yeah. Also, too, should mention the official KFC account talked about the Ghetto and Gojo breakup. Dude, so that becoming like a big meme, I feel like... I had is... never heard of that, like, at all. Tanner sent me a meme with Gojo and, I think, Ghetto in front of a KFC sign, maybe? Yeah. Well, yeah I did not that... get that at all. I was completely lost. I thought that he was sending a shit post. No, that legit is in there. The the official yeah. KFC sign is in the episode. Yep. And KFC was like, 
retweeted it or retweeted that image and they're like it was even harder to watch from behind the counter from behind the counter oh, yeah, I'm so good. my favorite uh one of those has been somebody did it where they made um it's from high school musical 2 and zach efron is gojo and uh vanessa hudgens character is uh is ghetto and um but they're singing the song from high school musical when they like go on their breakup yeah, but they have like get ghetto and so and Gojo's hair. It's really funny. It's just really funny too. Like people, people have obviously posted like a lot of videos about like the white fish, and it's like Satoru, and it's like Suguru, and it's just like oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> and does. also, it's using the same song that went viral a couple years ago because of fucking banana fish. And it's just like what the hell are we doing? But yeah. it's so good. I I honestly like. I, I I don't even mean to make light of this, but I do think like TikTok has a very important role in what anime really blow. Like I feel like One Piece got a huge influx of people interested in it last year after all the fucking memes. Can we get much higher? Like stuff like that. Um, <laughs> the One Piece. I, yeah, the One the Piece. One piece, the is, one piece real. is real. Cool. Uh, char, you know, chopper cum shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ace <laughs> <Christ>. Crazy sentence. <laughs> but I honestly feel like this is going to make Jujutsu Kaisen's profile blow up even more, specifically in the West, because I've seen people that have never even watched Jujutsu Kaisen either make a meme that is technically correct with the sound or just comment on the sound in general i mean like some of the videos for it have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of likes and it's kind of fucking insane yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how all social media works it's the yeah. point of it is to promote I mean, that's how that's True. how demon slayer i feel like really blew up after episode 19 had that insane sequence you know it trended on twitter well thought, it was massive said, in japan uh, already well, yeah, I'm talking about in the West. I'm solely yeah. talking about in the West. I thought you said Dingle Slayer. It's a Demon Slayer. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah Dingle, Dingle Slayer. Slayer. Everybody's <laughs> favorite show. No, that's a whole different show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like gay porn. No. Or, I mean, it could be straight porn. No. A woman could be a Dingle Slayer. <laughs> slaying, some, slaying some Dingle. Anybody no. could be a Dingle Slayer if you put your mind to it and train hard enough. Yeah. He's got to squeeze. True, well, true. Wenzel, thank you for taking us through that journey of uh, the hidden, hidden inventory and premature death arc. Yeah. Uh, quick, though. I, well, Cole, what were your thoughts about premature death? Um, Everything has been said. I have nothing. Okay. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, also, premature death, if you don't, if you haven't realized, premature death refers to uh, Hybara, the, the kid dying, uh, you know, Rico Amani dying, uh, ghetto descent, basically. Um, Gojo innocence lost, innocence lost, pretty much. Um, I mean, even Toji, even Toji dying, like, yeah. because you know, what if he, what if after, you know, after the assassination, what if he did go back to Megumi? What if he changed his ways or whatever? Like, there, it's just like possibilities just, you know, gone pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Stop yeah. watching the show now. Uh, it's over. It's over. Cole is not lying. Literally, Nobara, Nagumi, and uh, or Megumi and Itadori like laughing and being like, "Oh, Gojo Sensei, ha ha ha!" Literally, the last time. I'm dead serious. Drop the show now. If you there don't is... want to be sad, if you want something happy, 
Go watch something else. Hori Mia from this season is fantastic. Yeah. No sadness in Hori Mia. Devil uh, no Baby. You are gonna be Ooh. no. You <laughs> no. are gonna fuck. You are gonna be sad and depressed and actively want to <laughs> burn every copy of the of the manga. Yeah, you're gonna want to go on. Um, you're just gonna go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you'll do. You're gonna try <laughs> to find Gage's ad- address. Probably because you might because let me tell you that's long but hey listen they're cooking that's all I can say they are cooking they're cooking right now but they'll Uh, be burning it sometimes I will say they will be burning it yeah so sometimes it's on the stove a little too long I don't know I like it kind of crispy man sometimes you like it crispy it's like what's what's the line between crispy extra crispy and burned sometimes it's a very thin line sometimes it's crossed not as much as it is for my hero but that's a that's okay, a podcast yeah, for another okay, day. My, my hero has been burning lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hero prior to this last week's chapter uh, had been in the oven for about six weeks too long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like imagine baking a loaf and instead of putting it in for two hours, you put it in for three months. And the and- chainsaw man is just like a pancake batter that's been put on like a super hot eye, and it's not cooking at all. But at the same time, it is cooking. Because Fujimoto is an insane person. It's cooked on the inside, but not on the outside. Somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. That doesn't sound good. I don't. But know it is good because it is cooking. I. But is it? It's, <laughs> it's cooking a in a weird cook. way. I, I. It's a slow cook. Okay. Because if you cook. read today's chapter, we're recording this August eighth. Uh, shit, shit, crazy. Shit, shit's getting good. Shit's getting good. There's Fun there's off. pancake batter in the bowl. I just don't know why you would you wouldn't say like a slow roast pork or something instead of pancake because it's not slow at all. It's fucking fast and violent. Slow roast. I'm talking about no chainsaw. He's man. talking about chainsaw man <laughs> not being slow. Oh, you don't. Okay. Know just right? you were talking about the roast. Food, <laughs> <laughs> man. We're, we're talking about manga. Wizzle's like slow roast. Doesn't sound slow to you. <laughs> oh okay. man are y'all ready for plugs yes yes <laughs> all right uh thank you everybody for listening to this special non-canon file of the all you can hear podcast as always you can check us out on soundcloud on spotify on apple Podcasts, on google Podcasts, on overcast on TuneIn, on all that stuff leave us a like leave us a review leave us us uh, five stars five stars all around bang 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 uh, you can follow us on Twitter at AYCH Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, AYCH Podcast. You can follow us on TikTok, AYCH Podcast. More of that coming in just a couple weeks. Uh, stay tuned for that. You can follow our, or subscribe, sorry, to our YouTube, uh, which is at AYCH Podcast or All You Can Hear. You can search either one. Um, Twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear. Wanted to make a little announcement real quick. Colt, if you're okay with me announcing this. Yay. Yes. Yikes. Okay. Uh, Thursday, August the seventeenth, Colt and I will be live on Twitch playing the Jujutsu Kaisen uh, Fortnite collaboration. So we'll be doing that uh, next Thursday. It is six days from the day the pod this podcast comes out. Uh, we will be playing on Twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear. Uh, time to be announced on our Twitter. So you can check that out at AYSH Podcast again on Twitter. And 
you can follow me, Tanner, on Twitter at Tanner1495. If you may be wondering, you may be wondering why I'm not there. It's because I have work. Yeah, he's a punk. Fucking working for the man. Yeah. Not playing you Fortnite. Say, okay, you say that, but you're working for the man. Listen. I Listen, I think I think Fortnite I can be bucks on the table. I can speak for all of us. Everybody's just working for the weekend. Oh shit. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you gotta end this episode. I gotta say something. Okay. Do your fucking plugs. Oh, my name's Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D00. Follow me on Blue Sky at Colt D99. I got that. I got it. Oh, yeah. I'm on Blue Sky 2 Tanner 1495. Please follow me on there because there's not a lot of people on that website. Yeah. Please just get on that website. I'm like, I'm begging you because it feels like Twitter before it went bad. But it doesn't have many people on it right now. Please. Yeah. Uh, so who so fucking what's his name? Tom? No, that's MySpace. Who's Jack. the Jack? Jack, fix your shit. Make it open, please. Um. Yes. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Winsy Follow my art Instagram at Water Winsy. You can follow my bookstagram, Winsel Banters. You can also follow me on threads. Go to threads, actually, uh, at World of Winsy. It's more active there a little bit. Um, but it's censored. No boobies. Yeah, no No gifts. Um, What's up with that? Yeah, true, true. Uh, I have a link tree for my letterbox, my Goodreads. Go check that out. I have links for everything. Go check out Backlog Boys. Yeah, y'all, y'all, we'll be back. We sh- yeah. I I don't want to put any pressure. We should have an episode out this month at some point. Um, and then we really get cooking again in September and October. You in just October, need to buckle, yeah. You just need to buckle up. Let's just, just say buckle that. Up. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah. Yeah. Some All babies. right. Thank you. Uh, throughout heaven and earth, I alone am the honored one. Me. Wow. Only me. No, me.